0: You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production.
1: This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you. And they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone a willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to cloneawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, this is a deal that cannot be cloned. Hey there Disability After Dark listeners Andrew here. I just want to do a bit of a longer ad because I have something that I want to share with you today. So my friends Melanie and Wallace from a little organization in Ontario called T6 Talk reached out to me because they are doing a two phase survey with the University of Guelph, the Shore Center and their organization T6 Talk. They're they're disability advocates and they're doing this this survey with these organizations to talk about sexual health and disability. Specifically, why everyone wants to talk about sex and disability, but nobody knows how to start the conversation. And so, they are putting out a survey, a two-part survey. Phase 1 goes until the end of December, 2023. And Phase 1 talks to people living in Canada who have access to, or who provide, attendant care services. They want to talk to these groups of people in Canada to understand what it would be like to have sexual health training for care providers and people who provide care to disabled folks. So I recently did this survey with them, and I talked about my experiences being a sexual being and needing care supports and what that would be like to have sexual health assistance as part of my care plan and how important that would be for me. And they want to talk to disabled Canadians who, who need care and, and what it would be like for them to have sexual health care as part of their care plan and what it's like for them to not have sexual health care as part of their care plan to really move this Conversation forward, and it's so important that I think that that sexual health care be part of attendant care programs, and we never really talk about it. So here's what you can do to reach out to them. If you're a Canadian and you want to take part in this survey, you can email Melanie and Wallace at t6talk, that's T and the number six, talk at gmail.com. And you can let them know you want to be a part of the survey. Or you can email me directly at andrew at and let them know you want to be a part of the survey. Currently, this is only open to Canadians with disabilities. So if you're listening from the Great White North, please reach out to me. This is so important. And your input will help ensure that we can look into getting sexual health supports as part of attendant care plans. This is so critically important and so under-talked about that I felt it was important to do an ad for this. So again, if you want to be part of the survey, which will take about 40 to 80 minutes, and you'll get a chance to win a $25 prepaid gift card, one of 40. If you want to be a part of that, please email t6, that's T and the number six, talk, at gmail.com. I'll put it in the show notes. You can do that as well. Or you can email me at andrew at and just say you want to be part of the sexual health survey and I'll pass it along to them. Please consider doing this if you live in Canada. This kind of research is so underfunded and so under-talked about that I just couldn't let the episode start today without bringing this to your attention. Thank you, friends. Thank you. Bye! Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised.
0: This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza.
1: Hi friends, Editing Andrew here. I realized before I put out the episode today that this is going to come out on December 3rd, International Day of Persons with Disabilities. And I don't think in the original intro I said anything about that. So I just wanted to say happy International Day of Persons with Disabilities. December 3rd, did you know that 1.3 billion people, that's 16% of the global population, have a disability? Probably more if we looked at people with invisible, invisible disabilities, especially more if we look at the the incoming influx of disabled people since the COVID pandemic. So I just wanted to say hello and welcome to International Day of Persons with Disabilities. If you are disabled with a physical disability, that can be seen. I see you, and I know living with a physical disability myself, things can be really tough out there sometimes. And thank you for continuing to go on and do what you do. If you are a person with invisible disabilities, I see you also. I know how hard it is to be living with a disability that people can't see. I also live with depression and IBS, and things that I mask and hide from the world. And I want to thank you for being out there as well. For those of you who are undiagnosed, I see you also. I know how tough it can be to do that out there in the world. Not personally, but I understand. Um, For those of you who think you might have a disability but are wary of announcing it to the world, I get it. Um, You can become disabled at any time, and that's okay. You can announce you have a disability at any time. If it becomes a part of your story, that's okay. On this International Day of Persons with Disabilities 2023, I just want us to work together and realize that we can become disabled at any time. Disability is all a part of our story. Whether it touches us personally, it definitely touches somebody we know, and it's important that we remember that. And because it's International Day of Persons with Disabilities, If you see somebody with a disability today, or you know somebody with a disability today, or somebody comes out to you as being disabled today, you have to give them $200. I don't make the rules. Happy International Day of Persons with Disabilities from your disabled daddy, and now onto the show. Bye. Hello hello friends, welcome to the show friends, and thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, episode 342 if you can believe it we're already there, wow, thank you so much for sticking around as I have taken multiple breaks and multiple different schedule ideas to let myself rest, thank you thank you, but I have a bunch of new ideas for different kinds of episodes and I'm so excited to be here. So, let us get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get the show started, shall we? First things first, one of the ideas that I have for a show is some of you that have guested on the show and some guests of mine, I've been in the show for seven years now, if you can believe it. We're already like past seven years. Our seven year anniversary was in September. The show's been on the air for seven years and a uh, multiple award-winning show, uh, multiple nominated show, and I've had so many beautiful guests on the show that I want to extend an invitation to some of you that have been like, been guests for a few years. If you want to come back on the show and tell me how you're doing now and tell me how your disabilities changed and tell me how things are different now for you, I'd love to, to invite you on. If you want to come on the show again and reintroduce yourself to the audience, let me know. Email me at andrew at and I'd love to have you on the show, but that's just one of the ideas that I have for different episodes. I'm gonna do popcorn and power chairs next week is what I'm thinking I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do um, the new documentary with Daniel Radcliffe and the guy that was his stunt double in Harry Potter because he became disabled. That's kind of my plan for next week, and then I'm going to do some, like, seasonal dating tips. I'm going to go back into the archives and find the kind of episodes that I've done and kind of re reinvigorate some ideas that I was like, oh, that won't work, now that I'm just like, oh, fuck it, let's do it. So there are a lot of ideas coming down the pike. Really excited about kind of reinvigorating the show, and I would just love for you to be there. And if you want to be a guest on the show, of course, please email me at andrew at and we will set you up as a guest so you can tell your disability story. On the show today I am so excited to introduce you to my friend Dean Grosbard. He is somebody who is so patient. We've been literally trying to plan this recording for like a year and a half but because both of us have different disabilities that mean that we have to change things around, we had to reschedule a bunch of times, and he was so gracious and patient with his time that I am so, so excited to bring him on the show. And on the show, we talk about his experience being disabled and being a person with multiple sleep disabilities um, and what that's been like for him and how that affects his life. And I think that's a really important topic, and I'm excited for you to hear. We talk about how people, when we talk about sleep... We always talk about sleep as a symptom, but we never talk about sleep as the cause of something. And we talk a little bit about how Dean lives his life managing stimulants and trying to stay awake and do all that. And there's so many different facets of this that we go down. It was a really fun and informative hour to learn from Dean. They're really cool. Um, And I'm just excited for you to hear about their experience with sleep disabilities. Um, They call them, sorry, Dean calls himself a sleepy. That's a part of the sleep community that I didn't know about, and I thought that was really cool. So we talk about that too, and we go on a whole bunch of different tangents, and it was really fun. So without further ado, here is my episode with my friend, Dean Grossbard, talking about sleep here on Disability After Dark. It's happening. All right. So let's just jump right in, I guess. Oh yeah, that's what I want to ask you. I'm gonna I'm I won't cut this part out, but that way everyone knows. How do you say your last name? Grossbard. Okay, awesome. Okay, so everyone heard that, but just pretend telling, we're going in. Okay. So <laughs> three, two, one. Dean Grossbard, hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, for being so patient. We've been friends. We've been planning this. I swear to you. Oh, I two, uh,
0: two years. It's been at least a year, yeah. But I lot. gave up at some point. I gave up for like four months. Yeah, like, I think I mean, we
1: both were like, "It's no, It's not happening." But so I'm glad. I'm glad. And then when you email me, you're like, "I'm back," and I was like, "Good, good." So we're finally <laughs> here. Um, disabled people cancel a lot, of friends. Things you need to know. Disabled people cancel a lot because life happens and what can you do? And just to set up this re this redoing of this, oh man, we scheduled just this past week two or three times. So like I'm glad we're finally here sitting down. Thank you for being so patient. And if you're ever a guest of mine and you're like, why does Andrew keep rescheduling? It's because disability happens, friends. That's what it is. So it does.
0: And I get so brutal with myself when I don't um I get really mean with myself sometimes, even though I have to reschedule all the time. And oh, when yeah. other people do it, it gives I I get to give grace and get grace back and give myself more grace. And it's just it's good for all of us to cancel. More.
1: I just reached this point of like, you're setting your boundaries. That's the good. You're saying you can't, good. You're telling them why. And sometimes it's like, I want to rest. I want to just watch TV today. I don't want to work my body hurts like and you know because of our capitalist ideas of productivity you can't say I want to just sit around and do nothing today or I feel upset today you can't you're not allowed to do that you have to be like well something really big happened and blah blah blah. sometimes you want to just be like I don't want to do it today
0: and it's so fair it's so fair the difference between um I feel like this is another thing that disabled people have to navigate is the difference between physical rest and like actual restoration yeah like spiritual restoration yeah and being like no I need time to just be a person too not just rest my body
1: yeah like that's why I stopped like people are listening to this now and I stopped the show for like a month and I it was the greatest month of I didn't have to think about anything I didn't care about the show I let it just be I let it just stop and I was like this feels great and then, then I then I was like after a month I was like oh wait I miss it I miss like that connection I miss doing that I miss putting that together I better what do I do, but giving yourself grace to take time away, we don't do that enough, and, and I think disabled people push themselves to be, to be better because they know they have to, because they've been judging you all mm-hmm. the time, so I get it, I totally get it, but I'm so happy we're finally sitting down today, years and years in the making, <laughs> here we are, it's happening, I'm so excited, also I love your hair,
0: Thank you. Um, I have for for those watching, well, not watching. No one's watching, but yeah, nobody's watching. Um, yeah. I'm a white, very feminine trans man of sorts. I have bright purple hair and purple eyebrows and some clear frame glasses on.
1: That's some. I mean, that's got and some.
0: That's. I'm in mean, my ring era.
1: Trans mask vibes happening, and I'm, I'm for it. I'm so for it. I mean, I'm for it. Thank you. Um. So. Let's introduce Dean to the to Disability After Dark. Can you um, introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, and your disabilities.
0: Yeah, um, I'm Dean. I use he/him pronouns. Um, I am a um, theater maker and a um, kind of access advocate, big in the performing arts. Um, I'm also a sleepy, um, not uh, as a noun, a sleepy. Um, which is sleep disorder community slang. I know it's so cute. Um, It's sleep sleep disorder community slang for anybody with a sleep disorder. So um, narcoleptics are kind of the main genre. And when I want to shorthand with someone and not explain my whole life to them, I'll say that I'm a narcoleptic. Um, But uh, yeah, that's something that I've, uh, I found out a couple years ago that I've lived with my whole life and um yeah I'm also one of the things that I I put on there to talk about too is that I'm also a sober alcoholic um I'm coming up on five years
1: um congratulations
0: thank you you.
1: that's a big that's a big deal thank you because so many so many people and not the disability community necessarily but the queer community deal with alcoholism and deal with substance abuse issues and when they you know are going through that we don't give them enough praise so I want to like definitely be like good for you and i'm glad you're on the path that feels right for you and that's awesome
0: thank you so much it's definitely super enmeshed with my um with my disability stuff too which is something that i i realized later oh cool um, yeah we, can, we'll we'll we don't have
1: there. to go there right now but we'll get there eventually we'll yeah. get there. um so every time i think about you being a sleepy i think of you having like a plush toy version of yourself like carry it around what you should show like if you want to make some like money you should totally like make it make a sleepy version of yourself in like cool pajamas and be like this is what i live with buy this
0: toy it's absolutely perfect i should like a,
1: and like a sexy trans mask like dolls asleep dolls <laughs> like, i don't know and the negligee version yeah yeah
0: that's the, right. uh, the the kids version and the triple
1: version. version yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah <laughs> Um. So, how? now you 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 mentioned the disabilities a little bit, but how do they impact your day to day life?
0: So, um, I have a okay. I have something that is maybe called hypermelatonin mania, maybe, um, where I overproduce melatonin twenty four hours of the day. So I am like worn out, exhausted all the time, and it's um. It's a tricky one because uh, everybody's tired all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I really thought that that was like, that the way I was living was just the way that people lived. Um, but it's like, you know, sleeping on the floor for five hours in my boots and jeans trying to get ready because I thought I'd be able to get up for class that way. Kind of little things that were, were accumulating for a long time. But um, I also have some form of delayed sleep phase disorder. So I'm basically nocturnal. Um, but on the day-to-day, um, all of my energy is artificial. It comes from stimulants, um, stimulant medications or other wakefulness medications. Um, I have a lot of difficulty driving. I have a lot of, um, I like, you know, it's things like I'll walk with my eyes closed. If I know the terrain, take a little, little micro nap while I'm walking. Um,
1: I'll Which sounds uh, super dangerous when you, if you're not used to that but It's like what do you what why would you don't do that no no
0: it's like all these things I'm so good I live in LA I'm so good at driving exhausted now I'm like got all the tips and tricks um LA too like LA drive LA drivers are like something else like that's wow it's next level it really is hot cheetos hot yeah. cheetos it's all about the hot cheetos and the cigarettes um and a little spray bottle of water for my eyes if I really get a lot of slapping my face or I'll spray myself in the eyes if it's really bad um but it's like these kinds of levels of exhaustion where it's it's almost I almost describe it with people that aren't in the sleepy community as like being in pain but I know people that have chronic pain and it's not the same as that but when you frame it as being tired
1: people it, say i'm assuming people go everyone gets tired and you're like no it's not the same thing like it's not you being tired from your day it's my body yeah is shutting down from tired
0: and i take um days off of my stimulants once a week and it's like and it's uh to try to keep my tolerance low yeah um and on those days i sleep um about 20 out of 24 hours wow um yeah and everyone's like that sounds great and I'm like it's not as fun as you think to have six days in a week five six
1: days no because your whole wow 20 and 24 hours that's like the literal whole day like (laughs) you wow it's the whole thing it's all of it that's Um, all and it
0: feels like um this is uh crypt time operates differently for me um because i i have like these breaks and i have uh no continuity by the time i start to develop continuity in my life and like have some sort of rhythm or something i have to snap time in half again and erase a day and then pick time back up and try to build continuity again and then it snaps again
1: oh that's that's really hard
0: it's just a whole other it's a whole other experience
1: how do you how do you regulate your life around like, like I am sure you do it now obviously you do it but like it must be like I'm looking where you are right now and I can see the sun streaming through your the window there and I mean, you must be like I'm exhausted but I'm doing it but I'm like that must be a lot to manage
0: it's um it's a lot to manage um and I part of my experience of crip time is also like living pill to pill just something I thought I wouldn't be doing when I got sober. Um, it was really not the plan when I got clean was to be waiting and timing things out around my next dose. You know, like that's kind of something you you think you're gonna say goodbye to. but um, yeah. I take I take a stimulant at night that kicks in in the morning, which is rad. Um, and then that works for a certain number of hours. I take a morning medication for wakefulness that works for a certain number of hours. And then I take Ritalin in the evening time that works for a certain number of hours. So I schedule my life very carefully around my doses and especially my driving around my doses. And um, this is part of the calendar thing where I am, I keep a really tight calendar and I'm really mean to myself sometimes when I don't make it work because it's um, not easy to do. And I just, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. We just make it work, right?
1: I would suggest to you that you three calendars like your calendar should be a suggestion to you. It doesn't, it's not put in stone. It's not a requirement. It's just a suggestion. You're just suggesting that this is possible. Like idea. Yeah. Just it's a suggestion board. Not really what you have to do. It's just a suggestion <laughs> board. <laughs> mood board for the day. Yes. Yeah. And that makes like, that makes me, cause I cancel a lot too, because I have IBS. I have different chronic pain things. I'm in pain. I'm in pain constantly. Like, Even though I'm loving talking to you right now, right now I'm hurting, like, but I'm doing it because that's what you do. But like, there are moments from like, "Ah, I don't really need to do this today. Let me just move it over here. Let me just figure it out. Like, like, you know, from from us setting this up, how many emails we sent back and forth, rescheduling. I'm a master of like, all right, here's the real, here's the email that says I can't do this today. Thanks. Bye. And like, you just get to a place of like, I'm going to be comfortable canceling, and if you don't like that, then I guess we're gonna. Then I guess that's it. But and I've had people who have scheduled for this show that I've re- I've rescheduled and canceled a bunch, and just they've been like, I don't think I can keep rescheduling. I'm like, okay, thanks, I'm I'm here. Like, if you want to, no problem, I'm here. But there's nothing I can do. Yeah, and I think letting go of that capitalist idea that you have to adhere to this, and just seeing it as a suggestion is it way more freeing. So maybe maybe try that. Yeah.
0: I I that is something I will try. Just something I would like to. Not try.
1: that it will always work, but try.
0: I'd like to be free of that. Yeah, yeah. Free of that guilt.
1: Um one of the things I know you wanted to talk about today and one of the things and we have talked about it a little bit already, but let's talk about sleep in general and how underexamined it is and kind of the diagnosis you have and what it was what it's been like for you just trying to figure out what the fuck's
0: going on yeah so sleep is always regarded as a symptom it's never regarded as a cause um so when people see issues with someone's mental health or with someone's even physical health it's always that the sleep is sidelined as um as like just a result um when sometimes it is the cause so I started with I got my depression diagnosis when I was like 14 and I got my, um, my, I mean, I've gone through, I've run the gamut. I still have a bipolar diagnosis. I agree with that one. I'll stick with that. Um, but I've gotten an insomnia diagnosis due to, uh, due to anxiety. I've gotten ADHD diagnosis, which is actually very common for sleep, sleep disordered people because we the the symptoms of chronic sleep deprivation are very similar to the symptoms of ADHD. Yeah. And um and we respond well to stimulants. We respond well to wakefulness medications. So a lot of people get sidelined that way, but it's always regarded as a symptom and I think part of it might be because it's hard to test for. It's like kind of a bitch to test for. Yeah. Um like an overnight polysomnograph is very annoying. Um and uh I don't know I just I wish more people knew to pay attention to it um
1: I like that uh, because you're right I've never thought of it as I've never thought of sleep as the cause of anything I've always thought of it as a symptom and I like that you bring it up because I've never considered that until right now that maybe sleep is the cause of problems not a symptom of an underlying problem
0: it's so important and the best doctor I ever had was Um, A man who laid it down for me and was like, look, we know nothing about sleep. Um, I really, I like grilled him. I I grilled him. I was not taking any of his bullshit answers for an answer when we were reading one of my sleep studies. Yeah. And he, we had this full body moment where he leaned back and sighed and was like, look, we don't know anything about anything. And we don't even know all the sleep averages that we have are literal means. Like they are averages of. Yeah. 22 people. They thought of a sleep study in at a barbecue in Santa Monica in the sixties. Um, legend has what? it. What? Hang on.
1: Wait, wait a minute, wait. So the so all of our scientific ideas around sleep came from some yuppie doctors in the sixties who were hanging out in Santa Monica, having beers probably drug up their asses. Like, well, you what about this?
0: like, what about electrodes? You want to try electrodes? Oh, man. And it's it, like the science hasn't changed. And he was a tech on the pediatric studies in the 70s, 80s. And they surveyed eight children. They, they had eight children set all the pediatric averages forever. And he's like, not only do we not know what health is with sleep, but we don't actually know how it works. It's the only constant other than water in like human life sleep and water even diets vary well, but nobody you, thinks of it as like
1: you, can you imagine one of the constants in your life you don't know what the shit about it that's terrifying
0: we like just don't you, know we don't know how it works
1: when you think when you think about it that way like that's terrifying
0: and there's it's no a, money in figuring it out
1: i mean shouldn't there be there's enough there's enough movies about it there's enough movies about weird sleep things happening like there's enough movies there's enough podcasts about weird i'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here Do there's it. enough podcasts about weird like paranormal like sleep paralysis things like there's all that i could find about five podcasts to talk about that right now but we don't actually <laughs> know about sleep like that's like wow that's it's scary
0: yikes yeah it's um yeah they they don't actually know how it works um so he was but he was great because he was like we don't know anything but we just know things to try and that was when I had a limb movement disorder diagnosis where it was hypothesized that I jerked myself I moved myself out of sleep all night before Um, that I had an idiopathic hypersomnia diagnosis which is we don't know why you're sleepy
1: yeah we don't know why it's happening yeah
0: we don't know but you're pretty tired um (laughs) (laughs)
1: you should just get a shirt that says i'm pretty tired they don't know why literally like can we make that trip please please you're pretty tired we don't know why brackets literally
0: idiopathic look it up yeah Yeah. um but yeah and then narcolepsy type 2 which is a hypersomnia disorder with no known cause but it's not the same as idiopathic hypersomnia
1: That's so complicated and it
0: it's just ridiculous it's absurd. like it
1: must be so frustrating for you as a as somebody living with it to be like i know i have something but i don't know what it is like that this is got...
0: why sleepy i'm a sleepy yeah that is as um, close as we're gonna get
1: how does being a sleepy affect your like relationships affect like like sex affect like intimacy
0: so i feel like i have like a uh uh Four part coming out process um so trans trans comes first um because i still look functionally like a woman in public um trans comes first then comes sober which especially if i'm on the apps and stuff like that like i just let people know beforehand it's just easier that way third comes that i have a general herpes diagnosis so before we fuck i always disclose a lot of people don't. Um, I always Good disclose. Good for you. Um, and then which I feel like that should, I feel like everyone should be doing that. Um, and then fourth is um. And it's only after we get, I, I get comfortable with someone that I'm disabled that I um, I will be taking these meds. It's usually my body will cooperate like the first time with someone. Um, and I won't get too tired or I won't or uh, I don't really stay the night places but and then it really I feel very blocked in terms of like finding intimate relationships or like the idea of ever living with someone because I'm just fucking out of commission at least one day a week yeah I'm a taking time mom all the time and then in terms of when I'm gonna completely lose steam and then like the idea of like I don't know someone choosing to be in a relationship with someone that literally doesn't exist for, you know, or choosing to live with someone that like is just a body in bed. But I also like, I have this, um, fuck, I have sleepy friends that like I'll take their days off meds and are able to ask someone else to bring them food or to bring them water or to bring them, you know, and like, I don't have, I don't have home care. I don't qualify for that at all even if oh, you're, just you're
1: a week. not disabled enough to need support so you need it because you're disabled yeah yeah oh. that Is not a fun game yeah that's great absolutely right?
0: not yeah. absolutely not um but I'm completely you know I'm I'm in bed for you know 22 21 hours and asleep for 20 of them and like the fact that some people can just say like will you pass me my meds or will you bring me you know some food from the kitchen I so totally like,
1: understand because it's different it's different but like the same in that I want a boyfriend just so he can roll me over at night like I don't want you to to do anything to me I just want you to roll me over so I can sleep comfortably like I have a sex worker that I sometimes fuck and they come over and we fuck and we'll fuck and then go to sleep and then when he's with me in the bed I'm like this is great because if I want to roll over he's right there all I gotta do is say like hey can you roll me over so I can sleep and I literally am like I don't want a boyfriend I just want that For eight hours like that's all I
0: want please and it's like it's also it's like it's I feel like it's hard to explain to people sometimes that it's not just it is like real intimacy yeah you know it's not just um convenience you know it's like true intimacy and I had a partner for like eight months that was a sleepy also um undiagnosed but definitely was a sleepy too and that kind of access intimacy where we could make plans but they were just suggestions they yeah. also just as easily nap and be good you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> see like,
1: like, that's we, like that's my dream for a, a partner I don't want to go out with you necessarily I want to like maybe we'll fuck occasionally maybe we'll sleep most of the time I don't know just be there I don't know just be there
0: yeah, yeah.
1: but you know something you said a minute ago kind of spoke spoke to me a bit when you said like I don't feel like I deserve a partner who who like who would want to who would want a partner who is going to be asleep 21 hours of the day and I said to that I say fuck that noise like you you're deserving of a person regardless of what of what your disability is telling you and I like I know but I know that that internalized ableism is really hard to manifest especially where you are like in queer LA the <laughs> Like, oh my God, that's like, yeah, right. So I get I get the shame, but I also want to just remind you that like you're there's value there. Don't don't discount that for yourself. And I, I do the same thing. Like I'm I literally just got of a call twenty minutes ago where they were like, We were talking about sex and disability for some study they're doing and I said openly in the study, I said, you know, probably gonna be alone the rest of my life and they went, Oh and I was like, Oh no, no shame, but I'm probably gonna be alone the rest of my life. And they were like, why do you say that? And I was like, oh, I've just tried everything and, like, nothing sticks. And so I'll be 40 in, like, six months. And I just, I don't care anymore. I'm just like, all right, I tried. It didn't work. Whatever. like, okay.
0: Yeah. And, well, I mean, I feel like that's, I mean, okay, so much of disabled stuff and, like, the freedom to, like, just not live the life that has been prescribed us, you know, and be like, well, maybe I won't. Have a partner, you know. Maybe I won't have a fucking white picket fence and like a, you know, and two like kids a dream one. Yeah. Like it might just not be the path. And like I have so many incredible, beautiful friends, you know, and like I have such a full community that's so ready to help and take care of me. And like, can I it's so wild that I still feel like that's not where it's at. Yeah. Like
1: that's yeah. not the thing. You know, it's so it's so hard for I think all of us for disabled people to, to realize to have to come to terms with the fact that the dream that has been laid out for the rest of the world will never ever be our dream yeah. and I'm not saying this is for all disabled people but for a lot of us hitting that realization of you have to shift your priorities that shift is fucking hard I'm going through that I'm going through that shift right now and and yeah it is like it's a mind fuck of like well how do I be alone how do I enjoy my own company all the time? How do I find joy in myself when no one else is there to tell me there is? Like, what do I, what, how do I do this?
0: Yeah, nobody, I don't, show me the template, you know, like, yeah. show yeah. me the, show me the script, please.
1: Yeah. Like, I think...
0: also, you know, I'll also say that I fuck a lot and like, <laughs> I, I, like I do, I just, I, I do. And, oh, good um,
1: for you. You're hot. Then, so. Thank so you, you deserved it. good for you thank you
0: you are too I appreciate um, it I've seen those harness pics um I've seen, yeah. I've seen them all um but I I feel like it gives me a sense of being in control of my body because yeah. I can pass as able-bodied um and that's What's part that of why like? it's part of the coming out p- process well it's like I'll pass you know for like you know you can give me a good like you know a good five hours I'm, I'm fine you know I, mean,
1: I, I, I can can't pull pass. it off like I can't pass but I can be like my genitals are pretty you want to look at those
0: like uh, what? I, yeah <laughs>
1: like there's no way I'll pass but I can be like I'll be blunt I can say to the guy like I can't walk on my dick's nice you want to look like wanna? I can't walk but I can use my mouth like I got something to offer. yeah yeah and I think it's it's I think that too in sexual situations to have to be the one to be able to adapt and be comfy with that adaptation is exhausting like that's exhausting
0: yeah yeah and it's always it's like it's the 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 clock is counting down in terms of like how long can I be in this person's bed and pass for able-bodied or how long can I get intimate with this person otherwise and not
1: like, Look disabled, and up. disabled. Yeah, yeah like
0: it's uh and also it just makes me feel like I'm in control you know it makes me feel yeah. like I'm in charge and also my my gender my gender presentation I didn't even realize how tied up it was in wakefulness but this hair this like I'm this bright purple hair yeah is 45 minutes with coconut oil in it, 45 minutes with bleach in it, another 45 minutes with toner and another 45 minutes with dye. So that's three hours. I can't put my head on the pillow.
1: Yeah. Wow. If I put
0: makeup on, I can't put my head on the pillow. If I wear heels, I have to watch where I'm going. And like, I'm in a little bit of extra pain and it's harder to be sleepy. Also, people are, when people are coming at you, the danger of that keeps you up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I never thought about all the things that we don't think about when we're awake. What? Wow. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> wow. wow.
0: Um, it's trick. Where, it's trick.
1: <laughs> where is your queer sitcom? Where's that? Like, where, <laughs> where, where? Somebody needs to make that, please.
0: Oh, wow. We'll, we'll, well, I think that should come before the dolls.
1: Yes. I think the I dolls support. will sell better. Yes, totally. Um, one of the things that I would love to talk about, and I think it's important, one of the things that I love to talk about on this show that I think is really valuable is um disability grief and one of the things you said in the form that I love is surrendering to knowing that things won't get better or don't have treatment scripts what has that surrender been like for you and how like I can imagine that when you first started experiencing these problems you thought like we all do I'll go to the doctor they'll know exactly what's wrong immediately they'll give me a script for something I'll take it I'll be cured which is what we all think when we go to the doctor but we all know that that's a fucking lie. So what has, it been, what has it been like to, when I read Surrender, I connect with that because I've had to surrender so much of myself to my body and myself to a body that doesn't work. And one of the things I talk about all the time is like, my body betrays me constantly. Like, that's why I cancel on you 85 trillion times because my body betrayed me. So what is it like to surrendering to that, knowing there's no treatment to what you have?
0: um it ebbs and flows um i think that because i have been diagnosed so many times and then we finally found out that um there is no i I have not found a single paper a single anything and lord knows i've tried i know how to read medical studies by now you know yeah um anybody with what i have um that exhibits the the patterns that my endocrine system is working with. There's nobody, um, and uh, I take these stimulants. Right, I just today part of why I'm feeling good today is I just upped my stimulants. But I'm on now. I'm on the max dosage um, of what I can take, and I have about six months um, until that stops working.
1: Um. oh god so I feel like a time <laughs> bomb like oh this is all the time I got like that's gotta be
0: this is it you know and it's like we'll figure it out I'll fucking figure it out when I get there but um, there but were a lot of
1: too. like what do I get there sooner than six months what do I get there later than six months like I understand exactly the the fear of like what what do I do when it doesn't work because no one knows what the fuck I have what do I do Like I feel that same way in a different context entirely about IBS. Like they know it's IBS, but they have no idea what causes IBS. They have no idea what the triggers are. They have no idea what med is going to work or not work. They literally have said to me multiple times, "Oh, we'll just try this," and I'm like, "Will it work?" They're like, "We don't know. Just give it a shot." It's like, "Well, but uh," like how?" There's no thought for how that's going to affect my emotions day to day. How that's going to affect my desirability for other people. How that's going to affect my, like, self on the inside. No one talks to you about that. Where's where's that
0: part of it? It's, it's so wild how partitioned off, how, you know, how partitioned off, like, the emotional and the physical is. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I am... I don't know. It's like, I, I feel that I, I feel the grief so often and so many like different things and people that I wanted to be. Um, But also I just feel it on like a day to day, you know, where it's like, I really wanted to go to this place or I really wanted to do this thing, or I really wanted to be able to call this person. And it's just, um,
1: it's, hard it's,
0: it's it's little and it's wearing and it's just um
1: yeah like I think I love that I love you said that because disability grief sometimes it's big and it's noticeable and there's a big change but sometimes like you said it's it's small and it's like there and it's like a numbing constant there of like oh this is there like the grief I'm feeling right now is like today and right now generally in my life is like I want to fuck everything but I can't <laughs> I want to go to the clubs where all the dudes are and do all the things they're doing, but I can't. And I have to be okay with that. And I have to just put on the golden girls and think about something else and like not focus on like that, like big pain, big annoyance that I'm having. Or I have to spend 300 bucks, my harder money to invite a guy over to have Mm -hmm. like sex worker sex, which is great. I'm so glad it's there. Mm -hmm. But also like, I don't want to spend 300 bucks to feel to, to have somebody desire me today So like I understand the sense of like that that loss is always there and the constant kind of mental math you have to do within yourself of like how do I be okay with this today
0: and the fear too you know the fear of like what's going next what's going to be the next thing to yeah. fall off you know yeah. Um, oh yeah
1: that's my favorite game which part of my body is gonna <laughs> fail next let's play which one is gonna not work today
0: oh lord yeah but also um I feel like I I make a lot of art around it and that's been a yeah. good thing I have a lot of yeah. community around it and that's the biggest gift of my life
1: I want to um talk about your art a little bit because I love crip art I think it's so important and necessary um, one of the things you mentioned before we hit record was a performance art piece you did at home during a medical test. What the hell? That's awesome. But <laughs> let's talk about it.
0: Okay. Um, so one of the tests that they've been having me do that I've done twice now is a circadian, a 24-hour circadian rhythm mapping where you have to sit in, sit so it measures your cortisol and your melatonin and your saliva. So you sit at home in bed for 24 hours, you're not allowed to get up or, you know, barely get up. And And
1: Dean is like, yeah, that's my Tuesday. Go ahead. Yeah. right."
0: And you can't, you can't look at any light. So I took my samples by the light of my alarm clock. Right. So the first time I did it was just, you know, I had a few people come through and they took, they brought me food and water and they took my samples to the fridge and like hung out with me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then the second time I did it, they were like, "Okay, these results are too weird. You probably did it wrong," which I didn't. Um, <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> of course, it's all your fault. Of course it was it's all my
0: fault. fault. Yeah, of course. It, you got another twenty-four hours. You got another three days off of your medications plus twenty-four hours.
1: Oh man. Um.
0: So the second time I did it, I was like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make it a thing." So my family. On my mother's side is Serbian and they probably have delayed sleep phase disorder that runs in the family. So they're just kind of nocturnal. And our last name on that side of the family is Mrakic, which means the dark ones. Mrak means darkness.
1: (laughs) I love that for you.
0: (laughs) So I, and they were fortune tellers in the caves outside of Zavala when they were in exile in Bosnia, in the Whistling Caves. So I um, devised... So it's nine samples over 24 hours. And I picked a theme for each one. And um, so one of them was like queerness, one of them was like the agony and ecstasy of trial and error. One of them was um, ancestors guides and gods. One was disabled joy. And so over 24 hours, about 20 people, I think about 16 came in person and they had to let each other in and out of my building. They had to take care of each other And they came in and they took care of me and brought me food and took my samples to the fridge. And like, I would read some, I like curated Serbian poetry and whatever. And then it uh, like kind of culminated. And then we would talk about the topic and it culminated in me telling their fortunes. And we're sitting in pitch blackness the whole time, except I'm making them read everything I've written. Yeah, because I'm not going to remember it I'm off my medications I'm not going to remember it it's not it's not my problem so I made them do everything (laughs) (laughs) and in exchange I told their fortunes and the way that people came to me with the most beautiful questions about like what their future was going to be like
1: where um, did you put this I want to see all of it where did it go I
0: have some it was it was in it was in that fucking moment but um because there's no way especially with the cave people did call in and i have a lot of the writing from it so i have yeah. a lot of the little things that i wrote for it um and uh but it was really that moment and i want to figure out how to do it again but also part yeah. of the joy of it was it was during a real medical test yeah oh and i got the results from the test right yeah and um so measured melatonin and cortisol and the melatonin was all fucked up it was exactly what it was the time before when i did it wrong except even worse so that was a clean read there was no and then the other one was um cortisol and cortisol is a stress hormone that should spike when you perform and um i got so you would think that it would be a really funky cortisol read from having all these people coming in and out right yeah it was crystal clear it was perfect It was completely, completely normal. And like, I got this crazy biomarker evidence, this wild biomarker evidence of how safe I feel with my community. Of like how good I feel with these people. I got a chart saying you are so safe with these people.
1: That's really awesome. I like that. That's like proof that queer community and like community is and, disability community is like the best thing ever that's like literal medical proof that like yep this is
0: good you should keep doing it (laughs) and it's like we shouldn't need that but there's something real cool about having it yeah yeah there's something really (laughs) important about like see see we're good for each other see we're good we're set yeah Yeah. it was um it was like the best day of my life i think it was um
1: one of the other things I know you wrote down here, and I think it's, I'm going to do a content warning. We're going to talk about addiction here now. We've talked a little bit about, we've, we've named it a little bit at the beginning here. So anybody listening, if you don't want to hear about addiction stuff, you can skip ahead until whenever it sounds like we're not talking about addiction anymore. Um, but I want to ask you about the connection between addiction and disability and what's that, what that has been like for you.
0: So my first drug of choice, um, drug of choice being like my main, my mainstay, you know, like the thing that I liked the most, yeah. it was prescription stimulants and weed. So for at first it wasn't, it was other people's pre- prescription stimulants. Yeah. And then I was able to get prescribed my own and I was going really hard on that. So um, way harder than I, you know, than anyone should. And um, when I got sober, I also like the weed was out of control and I was drinking every day too. Like it wasn't, it's not just because I'm disabled that I was an addict, like plenty of people aren't, plenty of sleepies aren't addicts. Um, But when I got clean, they took me off of stimulants and I was off of them for a really long time. And then um, I had to reintroduce them into my life. So like I walk around with my drug of choice with like the thing that I would get the most fucked up on in my bag. The first um the first thing that it ever was, was um Ritalin 10 milligrams and I didn't want to snort them um because that's what addicts do. So I put them up my ass instead. Um and that's, okay. That's how it fucking started. I was, I was right. a cam girl at the time. I had really big tits before I got top surgery. I was a cam girl at the time. I was taking control of my life. However, Good I had to do it. Good
1: you, Dean. Good. I mean, I mean, listen, listen. Listen. I support that, I guess. I I mean, I support that. I, I had su- to go. The
0: only way out was through.
1: <laughs> or 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 in your case, the only way out was through.
0: Yeah, well.
1: Yeah, through. <laughs> I don't know stupid job
0: but yeah you know and it was I, that was where i started you know it was downhill from there
1: yeah, yeah um
0: and now i carry ritalin 10 milligram around in my purse and i take methylphenidate all day every day and i have learned that like the difference between like medicating and like addiction you know it can be the same substance but like now i use it to connect rather than to completely disconnect i
1: like um, that and I like yeah you- it's, it's
0: it's my litmus test. Is like, am I trying to run away from something or am I trying to participate in the world? Um
1: of running away. I you said me. a minute ago that like you come out four times trans, sober, that they run, I can't remember. And the fourth one herpes. is Herpes.
0: It's yeah, no big deal. Herpes. People treat it like a big deal.
1: Disabled. And I, I noticed that you put disabled last. Is there a fear of the disability? And that's why it's last, or is that just the order that it came in?
0: I can hide it for longer. I can just get away with it more. Yeah. Um. And I'm like, you know, I'm out on social media. You know, I talk a lot about talk a lot about this shit and social media and with friends and things like that. But if I'm trying, to oh, file, I follow
1: your Instagram. I, I, yeah.
0: I know the. I know the uh, sleepy bitch. Yeah. yeah.
1: But like, cause, cause I when I, mean, I wondered, does coming out as disabled scare you? to people? Does it make you like? Is it harder for you to do that than coming out as sober or trans? or having an STI?
0: I think that what it can come down to sometimes is, and I about a year ago, I really got in with beautiful disabled community, and I'm less like this now. But there was a really long time where I felt very special about being disabled. Like, I was not connected to the community. I was not, like, sometimes I can try to create distance between myself and other people. Yeah. Um that is not necessary. So sometimes it's about the fact that I can get really dramatic about it. It's about the fact that like, I make it a big fucking thing. Um, I don't think I'm afraid to, other than the fact that I can, I don't know, Do, do I don't know if you ever feel like this where I'm like, I wanna prove a point or like, I wanna be better oh, than yeah. you. Or I wanna be interesting or I wanna be different than you. I
1: wanna be cool and my disability is the way to do that. Yeah, I'm special. I, yeah. And one of the ways that I do that with, with dudes that I want to fuck is like, well, about you never been with a disabled guy before. But you yeah. never like want to touch my joystick. And I make it like really like overt that like, hey, I'm disabled. Want to, what I want to, want to try. And like, but I find that that can be that speciality can get exhausting to put on all the time. Right. Like, right. I can do it, and I can slip into that quite easily, but I also kind of just like being like, I'm here, and I want to just do what everyone else is doing, and I want to like, I remember I went to a party in LA when I was out there the last time, like for some queer event, for some thing they had invited me to, and it was so unfun to be there, because it was not accessible, none of the dudes that I had hard-ons for care that I existed and I was like what am I this is stupid what am I doing here this is so dumb am um, like alright sure so like I find that the specialness of disability can be exhausting and sometimes you just want to be with right. somebody and that can but I totally get what you're saying like
0: and I have the privilege of getting away with that
1: see like I don't have that privilege yeah. like I, I roll up my wheelchair and people are like oh you're disabled like like, parents, like yeah. <laughs> like, last week I had a date with the guy. And if you're listening, you're nice, but whatever. So I had a date with a guy. And okay, it didn't he knew I was disabled and he he knew it was something about me. And we were gonna fuck. So I invited him over to my place for, for coff for coffee. We had coffee at the coffee shop across from my house. And then 20 minutes later, I was like, Oh, come come over. We'll like hang out at my house, i.e., we'll fuck. And so he came over and he saw my disability equipment he was like oh no I don't think we can do this I'm too scared and I said well I you know and you do this thing when it happens when someone says they're scared I go into oh 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 that's okay it's no problem it's all can right we take you, care of you yeah or like oh it's okay that's it scares you I'll just swallow the anger that I have that we're not going to do this <sighs> and like that you can't get out of your own head for a minute and so he left and we chatted a bit later in the week and he was like oh I don't think well, I'll come over and I, I can't I gotta go back home because he was visiting from the UK so like, I gotta I gotta get out and stuff and I was like sure but like if I was able-bodied you would have been down to fuck me immediately and so like that's that what I would give to have a little bit of your the privilege to just pass for a minute to just be All like right. what would it feel like to not have this 300 pound wheelchair underneath myself for like 10 minutes what would it feel like to be for somebody to not know but i know from talking with other folks like that has its own struggles too like that ha- having to hide it and having to mask it can be equally as like annoying
0: i mean equally as some i don't know the the ability to slide in and out is a is a huge privilege you know um but i do get um I do have to justify myself a lot, um, yeah. and which I think is part of the whole. Like, yes, like I want my my schedule to be a suggestion, and I want it to be like you know, but um, I I just really it's it's um, my mom, my mom bless her, um, she's really great, she really is, but she likes to say, well, you're you're able-bodied most of the time, you're able-bodied most of the time, and like I am able to do a lot of things most of the time, but I am always disabled.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, I think, and I understand why she says that, because she's from a generation, probably, where saying you're disabled was, like, the worst thing you could be. Big problem. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm assuming, and I'm totally making an assumption here, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm assuming that the culture that she's from also looked at disability probably in a really not-so-great way.
0: I mean, yes and no. I don't know. She's, she just, it's, there's a denial factor, you know, yeah. there's a, there's, a, there's, I think it's, you know, it's not my main priority and whatever, but I feel like my mother experiences, my family experiences a certain degree of disabled grief through me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. My, my Mine too. Like going on vacation with my family and I love them and they're so, the, all of them will help me and they'll be the first to jump in and help me. Um, but it's hard because you realize I got to take care of this person and they're a lot of work and they know they're a lot of work and they know they need help. And I know that they know that they. it's all, there's so much like at what point can you say, Andrew, you you're a lot of work. It's a lot of work to take care of you, but I'm going to do it. It's hard. Like my mom and I travel together all the time when I do conferences and we will have fights because it's hard to take care of someone. And it's also hard to, be taken care of and so both of us were like I love you but this is fucking hard what do we do this sucks. This a lot. <laughs> it's really hard and I don't think we talk about that enough and so like I but I agree I think when there's a disabled family member the family goes through disabled grief too and I don't think we give the family unit enough of a chance to openly talk about that
0: my my great aunt um was born with a cord wrapped around her neck and had a cognitive impairment and um, she was born in 1928, 23, something like that, and didn't spend a single day in an institution until she was like 80. Um, and that's my mom's side of the family. That's some wreckages, the dark, darkness side. And um, my mom talked about how there was another family in the Serbian like group that they were in that had a disabled child with almost the same impairment. And how like that was how they got through it that was how they got through caring for Janie all those years was because they had community that was doing the same thing. Yeah, And we find our crip community. We find our disabled community, but our family isn't encouraged to do the same.
1: Oh, I like that. Wow. That's something really big to think about. So if you're listening and you have a disabled family member and you're not disabled right now, cause it's coming for you. I don't know how to tell you this, but it's coming for you. Coming. Uh, you should like look for, I, I, I like that. You should look for like, disabled like community that can guide you through this and i think you know when when our parents were coming up raising us like in the 80s because 80s and 90s how old are you 90s uh i'm
0: 29
1: oh you're so young oh wow um (laughs) wow wow so young the so young um i feel so old um uh yeah, so when we we were coming up, there was no template on how to raise a disabled kid. There's still not a disabled template on how to raise a disabled kid, unfortunately. Um and again they I agree with you, they need community.
0: Yeah, it's um and it's it's hard to figure out how how I don't know, I can't hypothesize on how that would be done without it being super patronizing or like victim-y. But like I just think people need more community.
1: I agree totally. Yeah. I think community I don't know how to get
0: them together. I don't know the practicalities of that.
1: I think um all of us need community better. And I think we all have to deal with our own ableism before we realize that we need community first. And then when we realize that, then community can happen better. I think. If we would just address our ableism and our fear, everything would be great.
0: Yeah, that's when it got good for me.
1: Exactly, um, couldn't agree more with that part. Uh, one of the things you said in your questionnaire that I love and that I want to talk to you about is your fantastic idea for a new show called Crip Cribs with a Z. <laughs> I love that Crip Cribs with a Z, where disabled people show off their sick adapt adapt sick adaptive homes tell me this idea let's get it green lit what do we do how does it go okay so
0: it's literally it's mtv cribs you know where they're like come on into my you know come on into my my fancy home you know and then like you show off like like you would show off your chair and like we get the price tag and you show us all your features and you show off the lift and like all the features on that and like it's got to have the price tag it's got to be like i have a bed set up for the gods you know <laughs> It's everything. It's the sheets, it's the side sleeper pillow, it's the humidifier, it's the diffuser, it's the um air purifier, it's the weighted blanket, it's, like, it's, it's you know, and then it ends with, like, where do you take your naps? And it's, like, right here on the kitchen floor. <laughs> but I feel like this is, I feel like we've all got, you know, we've all got such beautiful spaces.
1: Can we make that an X-rated, like, Pornhub version, too? Like, we're, okay, so... Thanks for your house. Where do you fuck? What is your favorite like? Show you, us how it works. Yeah, show us your <laughs> sex position. Show like, can there be Pornhub? Can or like OnlyFans or Just for Fans? Can somebody hire us to do this? Please? This is a great idea. Why please. don't like? Where do you disabled people have sex? That's, that's it would be great. Oh my god! I somebody needs to make it. Also, if you ever do porn, if you ever want to go down that road, but if you do, I was just thinking about because your name means the darkness. Why isn't your name? Dean Darkness, like why? That I mean. Oh my god! It's right there. Fuck! It's right there. Damn.
0: Dean Darkness. I did used to do porn, kind of. Oh well,
1: I then, was a cam girl. If you ever want to go back to it, and it I New think York. I should
0: go back to it because I used like my real name last time, and it wasn't a great idea.
1: Oh well, then no. Let's make a whole. Let's make darkness. It's all darkness. Yeah, it's all <laughs> yeah. <laughs> disability in the. I mean, this show is disability after dark. So, like, I mean. You could do Dean After Dark. There's so many options. Dean After Dark is good. Dean After there Dark. There it is. Take it yeah. and run and go. There it is. I love that I
0: gotta
1: back into that. I really yeah. Do. Yeah, I 100% support that idea for sure. Um, <laughs> another thing you wanted to talk about was your idea to be a Crip Kramer. Um, and you said, like Kramer from Seinfeld barging in with ideas and schemes. To make things more accessible and not taking no for an answer, tell me that idea. Yes.
0: Okay. So this started when I was in a coffee shop next to some people that were like, like it was very LA. They were like investors. They were like investors. Okay. I don't even know like how you become that, but yeah. Um, like,
1: what do you? How do you get there? But all right, sure.
0: And they started talking about VR a little bit, and I used to work at a VR arcade, and VR is incredibly, especially high-end VR is incredibly inaccessible. Yeah. So I just kind of barged into there. I actually left the coffee shop and then I came back and I like sat down and was like, I have an idea for you. <laughs> just like, I
1: have an idea. Let's talk about I it. I was
0: like, look, I got a tip.
1: <laughs>
0: Disabled community. Disabled com- We're all getting older. We're in the middle of mass disabling events. Disabled community needs VR. And one of them was like, oh, that's a good tip. The other one was like, we don't even do. And I was like, trust me. The ah! disabled community needs ah. VR. We need headsets we can put on. We need things that you don't have to stand for. We need VR. We need it.
1: We need a tenant care. We need a tenant care in the VR space. We a need tenant like-
0: care in the VR space. Yeah. And then um the last the last festival I did, I directed a, fest- a, sh- a show in a festival this summer and um there were a lot of access issues um a lot of access issues and theater is usually like this. Oh yeah. And I instead know. of <laughs> writing a strongly worded fuck you email, I um I asked them, I told them all the issues and was like, and also my services are for hire as an access coordinator. And <laughs> did they hire
1: you? Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh good. That's what they should have done. I like that I like that answer. <laughs> good. 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 So yeah. you had to fuck you had to say fuck you with money. Good.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I was very, I kept it cute, I kept it cute, and yeah, yeah. which is not easy for me. I'm a, no, I'm a hot I get it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, now I'm going to be their access coordinator for their their festivals next year. And I um, know I
1: just did a play in Toronto that I've been curating for eight years now. We just I it.
0: have listened to that podcast episode with Debbie. Um, uh, the I I was afraid I'd outlive my use uh, probably fifteen times.
1: Debbie, she would. She would love to hear that. Debbie is a hero of mine. She's been at Stratford in Canada. She's done so many cool things in the theater space. And she was our disabled dramaturg for God, eight years. She couldn't be there this year because she was, you know, being famous in plays in Stratford, Ontario, Canada. But, um, man, she is a powerhouse of a human. And... She'd, I would let her know that you listened to that episode a million times, yes. she, she'd love it, she'd be I'll very turn. pleased. Um, yeah, but I understand the the being a theater maker, being a disabled art maker, and being, trying to put that out there, and realizing how inaccessible art is to disabled folks, is like, why, what? That's which is why I love why you took your medical procedure and was like, fuck, gonna make art out of it, like, let's make art out of it together.
0: Aren't we supposed to be creative? we are creative like, aren't we supposed we to like are. aren't artists supposed to be the creative ones like what are we doing pretending that we can't like include people we're the most
1: creative apparently But then you know it's so classist art it's so like god so bougie especially in LA where you are like god art is, like yeah right yeah oh
0: my god
1: in order to have art you have money yeah yeah how you much you got artists you have money like it's so ridiculous um I could sit and talk to you all day about everything this was so much fun. This has been we, a delay. This is I'm so glad we finally did it. It only took us two freaking years. But here we are. But did here it. we are. Did it. This was great. Um, are there anything is there anything else that you were like we haven't touched on this? We should touch on this?
0: I don't think so. I think this has been so lovely.
1: This is lovely. And I would love to stay in touch with you. I would love to like Please. I'd love to we we should seriously deem darkness like to fake. If you, if you want to go down that road, let me know and I'll help you create some stuff around What is it.
0: your porn name? Um, I
1: know
0: you've done porn.
1: I did it once, but I did it using my real name because I was like, fuck, everyone's going to know it's me because I'm the guy in the wheelchair that talks about sex. So I oh, used, you just like, used it? I used Andrew Gersen because I was like, whatever, fine. Okay. People are going to know it's no big deal. My dick's been on the internet multiple times. It's, it's no big deal. It's fine. If you, yes. if you, if you follow my Twitter enough, it's somewhere there. I um, will okay, find it. um but so like (laughs) but so you know if I I do it again I would want to probably go with I'd want to use the old the street you lived on and your pet's name
0: what is
1: it so my pet's name was Flash and the street I lived on was Wellington so Flash Wellington feels like a really sexy more like I don't know so I might use that um but you know, part of me feels like Drew Darkness feels kinda of hot but I gotta like that. Or like something dirty like that. Drew Darkness is good. I mean I don't I know. feel
0: like um I feel like we've got something going here.
1: I know. There's some like there's some branding ideas that are popping up that we should <laughs> that we should definitely definitely work on. We should explore this. Explore yeah, this yeah. avenue, explore this yeah. center. Um this is so fun and I just this is a, this is really nice to finally sit down and do this. And to have such a, like a a real conversation, and thank you for talking about stuff that's not easy, and for bringing this stuff around sleep disorders out of the out of the dark into the light. And thanks a lot. It thank was you. real fun. Thank you um, for having
0: me. Much love to the sleepies out there. Yeah, anyone I'm who's alone. a sleepy,
1: like <laughs> hit up Dean. Speaking yes. of hitting up Dean, how do we do that? How do people, if they want to follow you, support you?
0: I am on Instagram at dean directs no punctuation or nothing dean directs.
1: Cool, that'll be in the show notes. It might change to darkness afterwards. Who knows? I don't know yet.
0: Right? Oh my gosh! No I'll let sure. you know if it does.
1: Yeah. yeah okay. Good. How um,
0: it? Fuck.
1: <laughs> that could be the moment. That could be the. If vibe. you don't
0: find me in Dean directs, look up Dean Darkness. Or okay. Just
1: email me and be like, "How do I get in touch with Dean?" And I'll be like, "Yeah." his name is darkness though <laughs> um dean this is so fun thank you for being here on just the Light after dark and we will i'll talk to you soon for sure
0: absolutely thank you so much for having me
1: thank you for being here
0: bye bye
1: oh i almost said i don't want to wait i'm getting off not goodbye wait wait where's okay Alright friends, well there goes another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories with me, your host, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to my social media, Andrew Gerza 6 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, although I never use it. If you want to follow my website and find out about my speaking opportunities, my gigs, and ways to have me come to your event, go to www.andrewgerza.com. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and you can get the show days early, completely ad-free, and a shout-out on the air. So if you want to support the show, you're able to do that. And please, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. It really does help shows like this about disability, which are very rare, get supported. Thank you so much for being with us and stay comfy, cozy, and crippled. Until next time, bye! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials, graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Cripplin Co-Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2023.